Well, it is so good to join you for this new year, this first Sunday. And, you know, before we lean completely into 2021, let me just say what an incredible Christmas season we had here at OTCC. Yes, I know it was different, but I do believe that God was honored and Christ was exalted as we celebrated his birth in 2020. And one of the things that I'm just um, thanking God for is I believe in, in our small way, uh, we were able to help our weary world uh, rejoice uh, in Him. I'm going to give my full 2020 annual report at our annual meeting coming up, but let me just say that right now, let me just say to you that God was so good to our congregation in 2020 in so many ways. And one of the ways is through your generosity. I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that we were closing in. Uh, on our tithes and offering goal for the year. And uh, the numbers I have now are preliminary. They're not official. We need to close our books uh, next week. But it looks like uh, we have not only met our tithes and offering goal for the year, uh, but we've also exceeded it. Thank you very, very much. God's grace sustained us and provided for our ministry as we seek to make a difference in our community. Praise God. Well, today on this first Sunday of 2021, we are returning to our series at Jesus, following the way of Jesus. And in this series, we're taking a look at what it means to be a disciple of Jesus and to allow his rule and reign to take hold of our lives and what it means to live under his rule and reign. And one of the things that we've noticed in this series as we looked at the the specific teachings of Jesus, is that Jesus used this, this combination of what we call invitation and challenge. Invitation is the attitude that says, I'm glad you're here, and I'm committed to you unconditionally. I want to be in a relationship with you. That's invitation. And Jesus issued these to his disciples. He issues these invitations to us all the time. But then there's also challenge. And challenge creates an atmosphere of encouraging people to grow deeper in the faith and holding them accountable to growing spiritually. Jesus constantly was issuing challenges to his disciples. And the key to powerful spiritual growth is to just acknowledge the relationship between the two. Invitation. Jesus says, come, I want you with me. Challenge, I want you to grow deeper in your faith. Our theme verse for this series is John 14, 15, which combines the two. When Jesus says, you know, if you love me, which is the, just the, the pinnacle of our relationship with him is that love relationship with him, then you will obey what I command. That's quite a challenge. As I prayerfully considered the sermon schedule, I felt like it was really important to begin 2021 by focusing on prayer. Now, last week, Pastor Brian led us to reflect on our spiritual journey in 2020 and he said that some of us could have drawn closer to God in 2020, and maybe some of us didn't grow closer to God, but maybe even farther away. And maybe for some of us, there's a little bit of both. Closeness at some time and distance at another. I'd like to pick up on this today and suggest that as we continue this long journey through the pandemic, that we consider what it means to deepen our prayer life to deepen our dependency on God in prayer, and perhaps maybe even for some of us, rediscover some of the basics of the gift of prayer. 
Several years ago, 16-year-old Icelander Vifo Atlason was questioned by police for simply making a phone call. Well, it wasn't just any old phone call. It seems that Atlason had somehow gotten a secret phone number for then-President George W. Bush. And Vifo called the number, and he pretended to be the then-president of Iceland, Olafar Ragnar Grimson. Vifo was shocked when his call didn't go to switchboard but immediately it went to a security operations center. He said he was asked a bunch of security questions and then some personal questions about the president of Iceland's life, his date of birth, his hometown, his parents' name, and the like. Well, as you can imagine, he eventually failed the test, although he did prepare for it some, and he never got through to President Bush. When questioned by ABC News, Weifel said, I just wanted to talk to him have a chat and invite him to Iceland and see what he'd say. I don't see how calling the White House is a crime, he added, but obviously they took it very seriously. You think? Well, we know quite well in this town not everyone has access to power. So imagine the privilege that we have in prayer. Through the gift of prayer, we can call on the sovereign God of the universe And we can do more than call on God. We can pour our heart out to God and get really personal with Him. No security checkpoints, no secret phone numbers. The Bible tells us that God actually hears our prayers and will answer them. So today, we're going to focus on the right attitude for prayer, the attitude of the heart that we need to have. And then uh, in a few weeks, on January 17th, we're going to look at the most famous prayer of all, the Lord's Prayer. But first, Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 11. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, and I'll read it for us. Jesus said to his disciples, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Well, no doubt you've heard of what it means to have a certain kind of mindset or your your mindset on something. Well, let me just make up a word this morning like I like to do occasionally To pray with power, we need to have certain attitudes of the heart. Let's call them heart sets. I'd like to suggest three heart sets this morning. You like that new word, Pastor Brian? Yeah, he likes it a lot. He might uh, write the dictionary, see if they'll put it in there for me. A heart set number one is an attitude of confidence. You can hear this in Jesus' words here. Ask, seek, knock. We have this idea here of going to God with confidence and expectation. When Jesus says ask, he does not say bring a half-hearted request. When he says seek, he does not mean conduct a lazy search. When he says knock, he does not say to knock timidly. This is not exactly the prayer of the unconvinced. Maybe you've heard the prayer of the unconvinced before. God, if there is a God, save my soul. If I have a soul, I want to go to heaven if there is a heaven. Now, please hear me. I believe if we're unconvinced and we truly seek God openly and honestly, that God will reveal Himself to us. 
But remember, this text is right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount in which Jesus is teaching His disciples. His disciples how to pray. As He teaches His disciples how to pray, He makes the assumption that they are convinced. So, one of the things we can understand is to pray with confidence that God hears you and cares about you. Let me just go to the Lord in prayer with that level of confidence that, that I go to prayer knowing that God hears me and that God cares for me. The book of Hebrews is a beautiful book in the New Testament. And one of the themes celebrates the role of Jesus in heaven today. Have you ever wondered what Jesus is doing right now? We know that he was with God when the world was created. We know that he walked the earth during his 30 years and after he was resurrected. Then Scripture tells us that he ascended to God and that he is seated at the right hand of God. But what is Jesus doing right now? Is he just hanging out in heaven? Maybe sending angels occasionally to help out the Nats to win another World Series in 2021? I so wish that was in the book of Hebrews, but it's not. In Christian history, the time of Jesus between his ascension and the second coming is called the session of Christ. The session of Christ. People of God hear this today. Jesus is in session. He is ruling as King of kings and Lord of lords. He reigns sovereign as the head of the church. He does not adjourn His session. And He is not only the King of kings and Lord of lords, He is our great high priest, and He is hearing our prayers and interceding on our behalf before God. Hebrews 4, 14-16 says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly. So hold firmly to this faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. And then get this, let us then approach God's throne with grace and with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Can we let that just sink in for a moment? Can we let that sink deeply into our hearts to give us the confidence to approach God in prayer? This Christ whose birth we just celebrated this Christ whose words we still follow and ponder and teach and study today, this Jesus who went to the cross to save us from our sins is in heaven right now. He is in session and He's ready right now, this moment, to hear your bold, confident prayer. Why? So that you may find the mercy and grace to help you in your time of need. What do you need today? What do you need on January 3rd, 2021? The Lord is in session. Take it to the Lord in prayer. You don't need an appointment. You don't need to be afraid. You don't even need to wait until the end of this sermon. Go now and take your prayer request confidently and boldly to the throne of God. He loves you and He cares for you and He hears you.
we also should pray with confidence that God will answer in such a way that is best for us. Ah, this adds a twist to prayer, doesn't it? This idea of asking and seeking and knocking and the promise of an answer from God is in the context of a disciple who wants to live on the narrow way of God's will. God will answer your prayer. His answer may be no or not now. As your Father who loves you incredibly, He will not give you a stone if you ask for bread. He will not give you a snake if you ask for a fish. Think about that for a moment. In our fallible way, we sometimes don't know what's best for us. We sometimes don't ask God for what is best for us. The challenge is is that we may ask, for example, for a new promotion or a new job because we really want it. But with a God's eye view of things, that new job may really be stone instead of bread. Or you may pray and ask God for that person you're dating to get serious and consider marriage. But that person may be a snake instead of a fish. We pray confidently and we approach the throne of grace confidently and boldly, and we leave the throne of grace trusting whatever the answer may be. Do you know one of the most famous prayers ever was answered with a no from God? In the Garden of Gethsemane with the cross looming before Him, Jesus asked God that if it was His will to spare Him from the cross, and God said no. God said no. Jesus submitted to the no of God and yes, to the cross. But we also know there was glory on the other side of the cross. So you can be confident that God will give you what you need. You can trust God. You confidently and boldly go to the throne of grace and then trust God. Be confident God will give you what you need. Heart set number two is to pray with the attitude of prevailing power. Now, this is similar to the attitude of praying with confidence that God will answer, but it has a twist to it. The twist is we should pray with confidence that our prayers can prevail upon the heart and the hand of God. We can pray in such a way that it has an impact on God's course of action. You see, a lot of times I think we're prone to passive small prayers because we think, well, God is going to do what God is going to do, so why bother praying with a bold and confident attitude that we can prevail upon God? There's a great example of this in the history of the nation of Israel. Moses was leading God's people to the promised land, and there's that episode when he went up on Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments And while he was on Sinai, the people were down below and they made a golden calf and they started worshiping it. This angered God. And he told Moses that he was going to do away with them and work with Moses to restart, if you will, a new nation. Then guess what Moses did? He had a heart-to-heart, bold conversation with God. And Exodus 32, 11-14 tells us that God relented And God spared 
the people after Moses engaged God. This episode teaches us that God can be prevailed upon in prayer by those who will stand faithfully before him. Now, God is big enough to act in this way. God's nature and God's identity, God's overarching purposes for humankind are unchanging. But in the realm of God's sovereignty, it is in the realm of God's sovereignty to alter his course of action according to the desires of his people if he so chooses to do. Let me say that again. God's nature and overarching purposes for humankind are unchanging, but it is completely in the purview of God and in the realm of God's sovereignty to alter his course of action according to the desires of his beloved people. It is our task to hold this tension together It is our task to hold these theological truths in tension and allow them to fuel and foster a powerful prayer life. This is why Jesus tells us, ask, seek, and knock. Gentle question. Are you praying with your confidence that your prayers can move the heart and the hand of God? Are you praying in this way? confident that God will hear you and confident in his answer we pray trusting in the prevailing power of God lastly let's not overlook the obvious in this text we should pray with persistence that's our heart set number three ask seek knock some might drill down in the details and wonder if there's some sort of hidden mystical difference between asking, seeking, and knocking. No. Jesus was using repetition here to teach us to never give up in prayer. It would be like someone saying, go, run, hurry. Over and over again, Scripture tells us that we should never give up. Never give up praying. I know people who have prayed for a family member to come to faith And after years and even decades of persistent prayer, they did. I know people who have prayed for reconciliation for years and finally hearts were melted. To pray with persistence is to be faithful to the call to prayer and humble enough to receive the answer God gives. It is to receive a no or not now in humility, but to have the confidence, the courage, and faith to keep asking seeking and knocking my friends 2021 has started and if there was ever a time it is a time to pray boldly and to pray confidently to pray powerfully and to pray persistently or said another way ask seek knock why For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Will you bow your head in prayer with me? And I want to give you a moment this morning to bring to mind a prayer request that you have before God. Make it a bold one. Make it something that has been deeply on your heart and mind. And let's just go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come to you today with confidence that you hear us 
and that You love us. We come to You trusting in the power of prevailing power and prevailing prayer. Now I encourage you to offer your prayer before the Lord. God, we also come to you today confident that you will answer our prayer according to your sovereign will. God, we also declare with confidence that you'll give us the grace and mercy to help us no matter how you answer our prayer. God, please know that until we receive your answer, we will ask and we will seek and we will knock. Teach us and shape us to be like Jesus even as we wait patiently for your answer. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, who reigns in full session at your right hand, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen.